Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Way too many Christians continue to live carnally minded rather than spiritually minded. They continue to live the same way that they lived when they were in the world rather than living again as participants of the kingdom of God. We are called to be men and women and young people who are doing good works, not in order to gain salvation, but because by grace through faith we were saved. Our lives should be about works of righteousness, charity, and love for God. Our lives can radiate God's love in a way that draws people to God and brings honor to Him. Today, Pastor Dave warns us that too many Christians are living carnally minded, just like when they were in the world. Instead, he teaches that a Christian does good works because they are part of God's kingdom and filled with the Holy Spirit. What we do or leave undone will have eternal rewards or consequences. So you must live spiritually minded and do what matters most for God. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, Day of Judgment. Paul tells us this foundation, verse 11. He says, For no other foundation can anyone lay other than what was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Then he speaks in verse 12. He says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Everything that we do here on earth could be categorized, as Paul puts it here, wood, hay, and stubble, or straw, and gold, silver, and precious stone. Think about your day. How'd your day go? Were you piling up hay and straw? Or were you collecting together some gold, silver, and some precious stones? Everything that we do, really, through the day. It's, either, it's one of those two categories. Wood, hay, and straw, or stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stone. Sometimes within the same hour, I can do gold and I can do stubble, okay? Within the same hour. Okay, maybe within the same five minutes. I, I, you know, it, it's just the way we are. Our life is an accumulation of those kinds of things. And, and each one's work is going to be clear, for the day will declare it, because it'll be revealed by fire. That fire is going to test each one's work, what sort it is. The problem that we have, actually, in this realm is, a lot of times, we can't tell the difference in someone's work. Rather, that particular thing that you did, that you did, as I'm looking at you, rather that was gold, 
silver and precious stone, or rather it's wood, hay, or stubble. You go, well, pastor, can't you tell, you know, a good work is a good work? No, because not every good work is done with a good reasoning and a good background for it. Sometimes people do good works just so they can get the accolades of man, get a little pat on the back. Sometimes people do a good work because it's expected of them, but they really don't want to. Now, I know that none of you have ever done that, but I've found myself doing that thing before, doing something good because someone expects it, and all the time in the back of my mind thinking, man, I wish somebody else would do this. Or man, I wish I hadn't committed to this. Or man, Lord, I'm really tired of this. Then that good work becomes wood, hay, and stubble. The things that you and I might look at in somebody's life that we might think is not very important may be the very thing that's gold, silver, and precious stone. It might not look like it's that big or that important to us individually. But that's exactly what God had told them to do at that time and at that moment. And because of their faithfulness, because of their willingness to be obedient, that small thing, that thing that seems so insignificant maybe to us, becomes something greater than that that we've done, which ends up being wood, hay, and stubble. All that we do categorized as wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, precious stone. The foundation is solid. As a believer, our foundation is solid. Our foundation is Christ. But the question is, is what are you building on that foundation in your life? What is it that you are building in a consistent basis? With the knowledge that, hey, there are days that we build on both. There are times that we build either one. But what is the primary thing? What if, if, if there was an account that was t- taken of your life tonight, Would your life be mostly wood, hay, and stubble? Or would it be gold, silver, and precious stone? Too often we take ease in the fact that our eternal security is found in Christ. And I'm I'm saved not because of me, I'm saved because of Christ, and he holds my hand and I can trust in him. I'm I'm absolutely uh, assured of the fact that he's begun this good work in me, he's going to complete it. But you know what? Too often we don't think about what are we supposed to be doing with our lives right now. If I'm saved, if I'm truly born again, what should my life be accomplishing right now? I'm not saved by works. You're not saved by works. But you know what, beloved? We are called to do good works. We're called to be men and women and young people who are doing good works. Do you ever think about rewards, about what the rewards are going to be in heaven? Did you know that there's rewards in heaven? Did, you know, the, the word speaks about several kinds of crowns. But there's also rewards. Paul makes reference to this time of judgment uh, that is going to happen for all believers. This fire that he's speaking about here, well, he also speaks about that same kind of a thing back in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. He says, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And one of you might say, not me, Pastor, because I read that as a believer, I'm not going to be judged. Well, you didn't read the whole story, okay? You're not going to be judged eternally 
That was taken care of at the cross. But there is a judgment for, for your life. And we're going to all stand before him. The, the very words that we speak are going to be called into account. He speaks of this judgment seat of Christ. And a judgment seat of Christ is the Greek word bema, the bema seat. In the time of the Greek and Roman societies, that bema was actually a physical seat. It was, it was a platform, and there were steps that you would lead up to that. And the individual that would sit on the bema seat sat in judgment over those that would come before him. It was known as the judgment seat or the judgment place. We, we read about it in the gospel records. Jesus was brought before that Bama seat, brought before the judgment seat in John 19. It uh, says, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the Bama seat, in the judgment seat, in a place that's called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. You would actually sit in that area and it was recognized the Bema seat was recognized as a seat of judgment. And cases were brought before you and make the judgment at that point. In the book of Acts, in chapter 18 and in 25, we read that the apostle Paul was actually brought before the, the tribunal, it says, but they, in the Greek it's the same word, the, the Bema, because it was a place of judgment. It said that the association of the Bema seat with judicial procedures means that there is almost always an important judicial function associated with it. Therefore, in translating Bema, it's often best to use the phrase such as a place where the judge decides or a place where decisions are met or a judge's seat. In 2 Corinthians, and I know we're not there yet, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, Paul speaks about it again. In verse 10 of chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, he says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the Bema seat of Christ. It's all of us. As a believer, you and I will stand there. And he says that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Oh, but I thought I was saved. I thought grace covered everything. Grace covers your salvation. Grace covers your eternity. But beloved, we, we are called, we are purposed to be obedient and faithful to the things of God. And when you and I walk in carnality, when we walk in the same way as the world walks, then the reward and the glory that, that, that should await us is being done away with. We're, we're burning it up ourselves as we live our lives in a carnal way. Paul is bringing this warning to the church. You have to understand that all that we do in this world will be judged. Every idle word men speak, they will give an account on the day of judgment. Yet you also need to be aware of the fact that this Bema seat judgment for the believer, remember it's not a judgment for eternal salvation. It's a judgment of our works as a believer. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Paul, Paul goes on. He says in verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, remember when that flamethrower comes, when that fire comes upon the pile of your good works, 
If anyone's work built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. But if anyone's work is, is, is burned up, he will suffer loss. But what does it say? He himself will be saved. He himself will be saved yet as yet so as through fire. The whole imagery of this is much more, it, it, it's much more than just a parable. It speaks of that judgment day of God, that day of judgment that comes, yes, even for every believer. And again, not a salvation issue. I need to hammer that in. Otherwise, you're going to leave here tonight. You're going to miss a third of the message. You're going to go home and say, as the pastor says, we're all going to be in judgment and we're going to burn in hell because I didn't do enough good works. That's not what the pastor is saying, okay? The Bama seat of judgment, it deals with rewards and it deals with your kingdom standing, okay? And in one sense, Paul, Paul draws attention to these church leaders, Apollos and, and Cephas himself and others. But the judgment is also going to include, it's going to include all Christians of all times and the life that we've lived. And as he said in 2 Corinthians, he says, we all must appear. There's no escape of that reality. And as a Christian, we are called to good works. You, you understand that, right? Ephesians chapter 2, we know verses 8 and 9 really well. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've got that down really good. But verse 10 comes in, and it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works. To do good good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know the problem that the Catholic Church has with you and I as Protestants? And by the way, we are Protestants because we protested against the things of the Catholic Church. You know what the biggest problem they have with us? Is this whole idea of grace. You say that you're saved by grace, so you don't have to do anything. So you guys aren't really, you know, living the Christian life. And you know what? The unfortunate thing is they can look at too many Christians and prove their point. Got my railroad ticket to heaven. I don't need to worry about nothing. I can live any way I want because I've got that little ticket. But you see, that's because way too many Christians continue to live carnally minded rather than spiritually minded. They continue to live the same way that they lived when they were in the world rather than living again as participants of the kingdom of God. We are called to be men and women and young people who are doing good works, not in order to gain salvation, but because by grace through faith we were saved. Beloved, we got to understand this. We've got to be walking in this. This is what we are called to. We're saved as the sole uh, uh, condition of God's redeeming grace. Again, through our own personal response by faith. But as a believer, our lives should be about the works of righteousness, works of service, works of charity, and works of love. That ought to be something that, again, people look at you and I as believers, and those kinds of things ought to radiate from us. They ought to see us and say, you know, I don't know anything about that man's religion. 
I don't know where that gal goes to church. But as I've seen her at work, I've seen her in the neighborhood, he's a righteous dude. She's a righteous dudette. And, you know, they see that within our lives because of the way we speak, the way we respond, the actions that we take. We are called to works of righteousness, service, charity, and love. At the end of our days, all of these works, all of our works, they're all going to be piled up. And then this fiery torch of God's judgment is going to be placed on them. And as that intensity of that fire hits those works, those works that are done only before the Lord, those works that have been done out of a grateful heart, those works that are done for no other reason that the Lord uh, has laid it on our hearts to do it, those are the works that, again, symbolized by gold, silver, and precious stone. Well, as that fire heats these things up, you know what it's going to do? It's simply going to purify those very things. It's going to burn even the flesh that's on those little things. It just brings purity to them. And great is our reward in heaven. But at the same time, as the heat of that fire surrounds other works, those things that are done by selfish motivation, those things that are done with a desire for acknowledgement, those things that are done as a demonstration of our pride or our ambition or our carnal reasoning, those things are going to be burned up. Sad reality is, is for some, that's going to be a lifetime of ministry. A lifetime of ministry. Burn up because they went into the ministry with the wrong heart and the wrong attitude for the wrong desires. For some, that might be the, the, the very services or the ministries that they've been known for. All that's done from the flesh and from carnal reasoning, that wood, hay, and straw. There's no reward for that. It's done. They're, oh, Paul says, yeah, they're saved, but they're saved so as by through fire. Presenting a pile of ashes before the great king. Can you imagine that? All this is done for your glory, Lord. Just ashes. It doesn't bring praise. It doesn't bring commendation. All of these things will perish. But if the person's a true believer, if they're really, truly saved, Paul says he'll suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. How much rewards is there going to be in heaven for that, gang? It's a picture of a guy who's constructing this great mansion. He's got all the detail and all the beauty. He's got great design on it, but in the midst of it, he decides he's going to skip a little bit and he's going to try and save a little money as he builds this and he starts putting in some products within the house that oh he doesn't really know it these things are just like rags soaked with kerosene that he's putting within the framework of this house though the outside is absolutely beautiful and though he's paid a lot of attention to the detail 
Suddenly in the midst of his work, just right at the very end, a spark goes off and the, and the place catches on fire and it's, it's, it's engulfed in flames. I mean, almost immediately, every bit of it. And, and the construction worker, he's finally able to break outside of the house. He's coughing, he's gagging, his clothes are reeking with smoke. Oh, he himself is saved. But all of his work is done. It's gone. There's nothing there. We consider that in our own lives and we consider why we're doing what we're doing and when we consider what we haven't done that we should be doing. Because you see, everything we do is either wood, hay, and straw or gold, silver, and precious stone. So it's not just what we are doing, it's what we're not doing. It's what we're putting in the place of obedience. It's what we're putting in, in the place of, 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 again, serving in those areas of, again, giving of the Lord. What are we going to lift up to him? Gold, silver, and precious stone that's been refined in the fire? Or wood, hay, and stubble that's been deleted down to ashes? What does your life represent? What does your personal life represent? represent. I think it's harder to look at it on a day-to-day basis than to look, well, overall, if I were to weigh it all, I think I got a little bit more good than bad. I think we all hope we do. But the reality is, is what does every day look like? What does today look like? If you were to back up just today, what does what just this week look like? If you were to back up this week, would you look and, or would you be willing to agree that you've probably been more carnally minded this last day or this last week than you've been spiritually minded? The things that you've done, whether it's been ministry or whether it's been just in life, in the neighborhood, in the workplace, in the family, whatever it is. Here's, here's a fl- news flash alert for everyone here. Not all ministry takes place within these four walls. You understand that, right? As a matter of fact, the greatest portion of the ministry of the church happens once we leave this place. The ministry of us to our neighbors and our workplaces people in the restaurants, the people we run into throughout the day, our family members, our friends. Most ministry really needs to be happening on the outside. And is that ministry gold, silver, and precious stone? Or is it wood, hay, and stubble? And each one of us are going to stand before God on our own. And I can't say, well, my pastor didn't teach me this, or, you know, I I didn't get a chance to read my Bible today, or, you know, my husband has been in a bad attitude, you know, for three weeks, and I'm really trying to deal with Each one of us are going to stand before the Lord on our own with no excuses. My hope, my prayer is that I have something to lift up to him other than ashes, other than ashes. My hope, my prayer for us as a congregation is that we are laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, that we can rejoice together when that day comes. Not rejoicing in glory and patting each other on the back, but rejoicing in worship and lifting these things up before the Lord and giving Him honor and praise. Because, gang, ain't a one of us would be here if it weren't for Him. If it weren't for Him. Oh, baby.
are so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a home church and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following the links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. Hey, I love being able to share the Word of God with you through this radio ministry. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. I know God is blessing His children through The Open Word, and God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word.